Botany. It's in big pole letters on the front of the building, as part of Project Botany. What does botany even mean? The word may bring to mind plants, trees, maybe people in lab coats doing experiments and categorizing things, and you wouldn't be too far off. But there is so much more to botany than we even realize. And Project Botany is all about answering that question. So let's get started. The practice of botany began ages ago, when pre-agricultural humans would harvest what was ripe and available around them. Some would be tasty, and others would get you sick. The simple act of naming those plants and communicating what plants did would be the basis of botany. This oral tradition of botany evolved into a hard science over time. Those oral traditions gave way to prints and art with the creation of botanical illustrations. Our library houses thousands of these prints, either as copies or originals. One of the oldest surviving botanical illustrations are contained in the De Materia Medica, a book containing illustrations of plants and what medical purposes they served. The illustrations served their purpose, but were low quality, and that made identifying the species of the plant you were looking at pretty hard. Two things changed that, though. Around the 18th century, we started to see the emergence of plant nomenclature, or the practice of giving plants their scientific name. This name would be universal, and understood by any botanist. Advances in printing techniques around the same time meant an artist's illustration would be more true to color, form, and shape. Even with the invention of photography, botanical illustrations were still desirable as it gave the illustrator creative license to paint the perfect representation of a plant, showing the many forms of buds and flowers and fruits on the same plant were in a nature that would be impossible to photograph. The illustrator could even magnify selections around the illustration, giving it more detail and depth. Botanical nomenclature, however, is a different story. Let me show you. The library also houses the Omnis Plantae, a book that contains the scientific name of every plant ever discovered. It's not bound, giving us the ability to add new plants as they are discovered or bred. If we open up to a random plant like the Liriodendron tulipifera or the tulip tree, a large tree with tulip-like flowers, we find its scientific name is broken down into two parts, its genus, Liriodendron, and its species, tulipifera. These two words tied together identify this plant universally, and when used, let everyone know which plant you're talking about. All plants are divided up even more, going up from species and genus all the way up to family, order, class, phylum, kingdom, domain, and even life. This scientific classification lets us organize plants from specific plants to broader and broader groupings. The tulip tree, for example, is part of the Magnoliaceae family, which includes the magnolia tree, or magnolia grandiflora. Its full scientific classification from the top down would be plantae, magnolioids, magnolialis, magnoliaceae, liriodendron tulipifera. Common names, however, are more colloquial and are easier to say. On the flip side of that coin, though, you find a lot of confusion. One great example is the mimosa. No, Project Botany doesn't have a bar, but it does have a lot of greenhouses and arboretums. In our greenhouse, you can find our fully grown mimosa pudica, or sensitive plant. The mimosa pudica is a small herbaceous plant that folds up its leaves when you touch it. Next door in the arboretum, we have Albizia jubilarissin, the mimosa tree. This one doesn't fold up its leaves when you touch it, and is a medium-sized tree. Both are referred to as mimosa, 
They have similar looking leaves, but one is a tree and the other is a short herbaceous plant. They are part of the same family, Fabaceae, but branch off from each other. So next time someone tries to sell you a mimosa, ask which one it is, especially if you're at a bar. Scientific names and botanical illustrations is how botany categorizes things. But botany is a hard science and doesn't just categorize things. It also has its fair share of experimentation. And it's not all done by people in lab coats. In fact, it's mostly done by people all over the world chasing the gilded lily. Luther Burbank was one of those tireless researchers. He probably never wore a lab coat, but he is immortalized here in the Mandel Building. The Mandel Building stores artifacts and information on all the people that changed and are changing the field of botany. If you follow me to the section on Luther Burbank, I'll show you how amazing this man was. The Russet Burbank potato is a very unassuming tuber, but was Mr. Burbank's ticket to breeding over 800 new varieties of plants. He bred the potato from a potato seed he found on a plant and sold the rights to the potato for $150. He used the money to get to California where he built a nursery and began experimenting. He worked tirelessly, making thousands of crosses of exotic and native plants to find the traits he was looking for. Luther was trying to capitalize on something called heterosis, or hybrid vigor. This is when the hybrid of two different plants is greater than the other two. He then took it a step further and would cross two hybrids. His goal was to magnify traits he was looking for, things like increased yield, pest resistance, or lack of spines on cactus, or massive flower power on Shasta daisies, something that's in all of our yards that he bred. This process led him to create over 113 different kinds of plums, 10 different kinds of apples, and hundreds of others. If you like walnuts, white blackberries, or the exotic plumcot, a mix of a plum and an apricot, don't forget to thank the plant wizard, Luther Burbank. Luther Burbank wasn't a traditional scientist, though. He rarely took detailed notes or records, and other contemporary scientists got after him for it. With little more than a high school education, Luther took inspiration from people like Charles Darwin and Gregor Mendel. He spent most of his time in his gardens making cross after cross. He claimed to have no time for notes and thought that time would be better spent in the field. He didn't have a PhD or the backing of a multi-billion dollar industry. Just the backing of the Starks Brothers Nursery and an eye for good plants. And this was all it took for Luther Burbank to change our world. I hope this brief dive into botany has helped clear the fog a little on what exactly botany is. To sum it up, I would say that botany is a love for plants and science and striving to understand and improve the plantae family. Botany is something that you can do at home by doing things like drawing the plants in your backyard and learning their names. You can breed your own special tomatoes next time you sow your garden or make a new kind of zinnia when you let them go to seed and plant those seeds next season. You never know what will happen. Thanks for exploring botany with me today. I hope you're inspired to do a little botany of your own and don't forget to stop by next week for another tour of Project Botany.